Joshua, welcome to Full of Zeal. I'm here with Heather Gibson. And uh, Heather Gibson is one of my favorite people on the planet uh, for many reasons. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not limited to one or two. Oh, but okay. uh, <laughs> I mean, don't don't make me do that. But uh, I, I won't I, <laughs> because you're so kind and gracious. There's two right there. <laughs> but um, I one of the one of the things that I, I wanted to do with the podcast and and part of the reason I have Heather on is I I've invited mothers and fathers who who have impacted and touched my life and um, I've had the pleasure of of working with you for five years almost oh, now yes. yeah yes, sir. and uh, I Heather has one of the most unique stories and um, one of the most incredible people that um, I I know and and I I love giving my platform away to her <laughs> it's funny because our, our, our young adults crew loves her more than me um, and I'm technically the bastard <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, I don't even try to compete anymore I'm like yeah I get it I love Heather too so <laughs> Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, bef before we start, one of the, um, to give you, you guys some context of, of we'll be her, yeah, I know <laughs> of her history and, um, kind of where she came from. I, she, uh, grew up in Ontario. I did. And, uh, I, I believe you went to Benny Hinn's youth group. Oh my goodness. You call it that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You said it that way. <laughs> well, I did call it that way. It's actually called the Toronto Catacombs. Okay, there you go. Mm -hmm. I I've been corrected. Um, but so, he was the yeah. Yeah, and and then you, you you sat under Catherine Coleman for a bit. Went to the Toronto Blessing for quite a number of years. So she's been steeped in the presence, uh, which I love about her. But also the one of the things that really makes Heather unique from most Christians is that she worked for the military for many years. And, and I think we lack a lot of context for kingdom and what that looks like and how to operate in structure and framework. And I love that about you because you take what I consider such a, uh, a rich history of being with the Lord and also couple that with like, hey, there's, there's authority and there's structure and... Yeah, so <laughs> it sounds like an odd combination at first, doesn't it? But yeah, I remember the moment um, was involved in a strategic meeting um, with some Department of National Defense people and our boss and stuff, and just planning strategies. And it was actually how to get Christmas trees to the Canadian guys in Kandahar, mm -hmm. and the ones we wanted. We're in the States, but they were going to be shipped to Beijing. Then they were going to be shipped somewhere else, back across to North America. And then it was like, but Beijing is closer to Kandahar than hmm. Ottawa. Okay. <laughs> so it was, it was a bit of a logistics nightmare. But in that silly little meeting, there was one moment when one of the military guys looked at me and it was just an eye contact thing. Yeah. And I knew that I knew that I knew in my spirit that I was learning what it would take to move an army. Mm. And I went, 
I'm learning some practical skills, some things that paralleled with the natural and the supernatural. Mm-hmm. And I went, oh, I get it. Yeah. And so it was, yeah, one of those kind of moments where um, things started to get, the puzzle pieces started to get put together. Um, because one of the earlier pieces for me was I was at a meeting at the Toronto Blessing with Mark DuPont and Larry Randolph. And to make a long story short, I had gotten up to go to the bathroom because they were doing ministry for pastors and people in the know and the who's who in the zoo was there. And that was not me, so I slipped out to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm standing at the very back, and Larry Randolph is on the platform and just goes like this. Hmm. And he said, you, and I was standing right at the end of the aisle, you hmm. are called to the nations. Wow. And I literally was flown back off my feet and landed about six feet behind me. Mm. And I knew that something, something pivotal had happened. Scared to death. Yeah. Like, this doesn't happen to good little Christian girls. <laughs> and um, didn't know what it meant. It was like, mm. my ba- my girls were babies. And I was going, God, I can't go to the nations. My right. girls are in diapers, for Pete's sake. Yeah. Do they have diapers in? <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, you're you know worrying I mean? about your needs. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I think all of us fall into that. We get a word from the Lord, and then we think we know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And then we base our acceptance of that word, or if we're going to partner with that word based on what we think it looks like. Right. And then I had to repent years later. <laughs> So it's interesting that after, you know, all of these years and decades mm-hmm. of, you know, being in the kingdom, that things finally started to feel like right. we're getting put in place. Right. So how how long did that that word for you, that that process of acceptance, and then how many years has it been since you got that word? Because... 33 33. 33 years. And do you feel like you've come into the fullness of that work? I feel like... (laughs) (laughs) I feel like it's taken... It's been like a cycle of almost 30 years. It's like, Mm. this happened in my 30s, and then this happened another 30 years later, and it's like, a fulfillment? No. Mm. The door of opportunity for which it will be fulfilled, yes. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I, 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 I like that because at least in my limited perspective for the young buck that I am, I, it, it, it's, you get a prophetic word and then you're like, okay, it's going to be, it's going to be tomorrow. Five, tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Not even <laughs> five on, years. Tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. You prophesied it. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's amazing. But like, I'm like 33 years of like, still trusting and still obedience and still walking that out and like still like okay will this happen you right. know like or what i thought will that happen yeah well i think i think we all have felt that like that's mm. part of the journey of of growing spiritually mm. um but i would caveat the the thought that 
I do feel like the Lord is speeding up time. Mm. So potentially you could get a word today and it's tomorrow, right? right? Um, because the Lord does say today is the day mm. of salvation. So as long as you're in the today. Right. <laughs> right? That's, yeah, I, I like that. So you, speeding up time. So what does that what does that look like? Where are you seeing oh that? Goodness. Like, give me some context for that. Don't just drop a bomb on me and then walk away. <laughs> I thought that's what I was here for. <laughs> you are, but uh, I want to help our guests it. out. <laughs> um, I think one of the things that I'm feeling right at this moment is um, part of what I had to do um, with the training of civilians to go into a war zone was just a, that aspect. It was training. It was training on what to expect, how to cope, um, what you're there for, what's the big picture. Um, and then it got down to nitty gritty. So it's like we're sending over some Canadian women and it's like you're landing in Dubai. Mm. Well, hello, don't go in there like you're, um, have the right to exercise your personality and culture of Canada right. in a Muslim country. Yeah, it, it that's not, not going to go well. It doesn't, and it did not. <laughs> and we did have a couple of uh, of near interesting international moments. <laughs> um, but so the, the whole training thing, and then it was like, okay, what does it mean? On a spiritual level, what does it mean to be trained as a warrior? Mm. Or as I think we're all called into the army of the kingdom. Um, but not everyone necessarily is a warrior. Mm. And so what does that mean and what does it look like? And that's sort of what's on my heart now. And then I had to backtrack because mm. I'd start talking kingdom and realize so many people had no concept really or our concepts did not match between um, what they thought kingdom was and what I was feeling I had lived in and mm. had experienced. So it was like, oh, okay. Right. So we'll backtrack a bit. Where that takes me, I don't know, but mm. line upon line. Yeah. <laughs> precept on precept? Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. So, so where's, the, where's the intersect? How do you reconcile like your concept of king kingdom and your interaction with other believers because that's a tough spot of like i have a revelation that other people aren't walking in let alone like my revelation would probably fend them shock them push sure. them away so how have you that's a tough kind of question um i think one of the things that i even will backtrack is every soldier is called to take territory Mm. as part of the army and I think the first place to start is taking your own internal territory right and so because once you're a warrior and in the army when your drill sergeant says get up at 5 a.m you don't roll over and say I'm the son of the king and I'm really tired because <laughs> I was up late last night and I'm gonna sleep another right hours. yeah you have no choice mm. And so if you've taken your own internal territory, it, it may sound odd, but I think that's, for me, 
growing into what does it really mean, Heather, to say that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Right. Having grown up in a Christian home, um, yeah, I accepted Jesus as my Savior when I was four. God entered into the kingdom. Um, but I'm learning, still learning, what does it mean to say he's Lord of my life? And I, I get a little mm in my heart when I hear people have an altar call and they call up and they'll pray, and Jesus, we you know, accept you as Lord and Savior. And I went, mm, that's a journey one. Um, right. The Savior can be a, a moment one. The moment you mm. say yes and you get your citizenship paper or your passport or whatever that says kingdom citizen, but Lord's totally different. Mm. You know, just even the other day in my devotion time, I was like, I felt Holy Spirit ask me if Jesus was Lord of my opinions. And I went, probably not. Right. And so it's, it's, it kind of fits. I feel like I'm rambling a bit, but... Uh, <laughs> This is how most of our conversations go. It's this like, is I, I, true. This is true. Um, Pastor Craig, if you're listening, this is not always how our interactions in the office for hours on end go, but could be. Could be. <laughs> Cannot confirm or deny yeah. that. Um, I think it was a, a blog or something that I was reading that Emma Stark wrote that the wedding gown for the Bride of Christ was not a one-size-fits-all. Mm. And the idea is that there are some of us who have to grow into it. Right. We have to mature and grow up. Okay. And then there's other of us, others of us that have to go through a refining and a pruning and lose some weight. And, oh, you're too big in the hips. You've been sitting down too long. Or mm. whatever the scenario. It, it isn't like... Like in my Sunday school days, the robes of righteousness concept was, oh, Jesus would come and give you this robe of righteousness and it would be the perfect fit and I could just sort of slip into it like a one-size-fits-all toga. Right. It's kind right. of a come-as-you-are concept. Exactly. And so it's like it covers everything and it fits everybody. Yeah. Um, but as you, the robes of righteousness are not necessarily the gown of the bride mm. and the bride will be without spot or wrinkle mm. and is that because of his righteousness alone or is it because we have allowed ourselves to be refined to be purified right it also says in the word that the bride makes herself ready mm. so i guess that's in my heart sometimes i look around and kind of sigh and it's go do we really know what that means? Mm. What does it look like in the spirit realm of making myself ready? I know what it meant as a bride in the natural. Yeah. It's a very it practical a, thing for very wedding. Very practical and very, very, it consumes a bride. Right. You know, she's focused, That's driving good. the groom nuts. <laughs> um, but she's consumed with the details of the wedding. Right. And the pivotal piece is the, is the dress. Mm. You know, um, it's still, I think, in, in tradition still, is that the groom can't see the bride in her dress yeah. before the day, before the moment. Yeah. Right? And so it's like 
something done in secret, mm-hmm. something that's um, the you know pièce de résistance kind of thing of the day, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but how many of us are that consumed? Yeah, yeah, and, with and, Jesus, and, that, and I I don't think most of us are. No, you know it's it's I uh, I've been on this thing recently where. I feel like we have concept kingdom or kingdom concepts that don't look biblical in ways like we're, we're like we, we love things that are nebulous and require no action. And so I'm like, okay, love looks like something, you know, kingdom looks like something, uh, evangelism looks like something. It's not they're not things that I can I can put on my bookshelf and walk away from and be like, okay, I hit my checkbox and yep. I'm done. Like, I need to model that kind of stuff with the Lord and with my community that there's a requirement here to fit into a dress, to conform to the image of Christ. That, yeah, I, there is that initial yep. grace of like, hey, I accept you as my savior. But it's like, okay, now there's a process. Like, his main goal is to make, me look like Jesus. And that's right. <laughs> and so if I'm not if not I'm not conforming, I'm resisting the very image of Christ that he wants to conform me into. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think it also gets convoluted because we live in a society where we think of love as something that we receive. Mm. Not something that we do. Yeah. You know, the word says that no greater love has a man has this than to lay down his life it isn't oh the greatest love is gifts or me mm. feeling you know all goosebumpy or happy right or it's my state of mind or well-being right but love is laying down my life right yeah and we have no modeling of that no or, well, and, and we push away from framework that actually would lend itself to that. Because, like, the other thing, so in even in your concept, like, if God is love, then if that's my concept, my main goal is to receive from God. Like, I want to receive who you are, and so that's how I'll position myself. That's right. It won't ever be to action. It won't ever be to war. Yes. It will always be, like... It will be on the basis of like, am I getting my needs met? Am I receiving enough? Am, mm-hmm. Like, is the Lord doing enough for me? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think we're in a season, or I wonder if we are anyway. <laughs> I did want to make it sound like I was theologically brilliant. Um, transitioning from the concept of we are strictly a family, the family of God. Mm. Where where God is Father, you're my brother. Yeah. You know, we all get together, we have a meal together, isn't life wonderful? Yeah. To the army of the Lord. Mm. <clears throat> Which is a totally different dynamic. I mean, we are brother and sister, but we're also sergeant at arms together. Right. Right? <clears throat> and it's it, it's difficult, I think, for for people to change. I know I don't like change. Right. Um, so to move to a different shifting of, of focus and of intent, and it isn't that God's heart is not to include and expand family. He is. Right. 
totally. Yeah. But he's also into expansion of the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and, so, and family has been foundational. I think that's a piece that, that we needed in the body and that we didn't totally. have. But it's the, it's the stepping away from those things that help us move forward. They're yeah. not, they're not, that's, it's like, yeah, that's great, but I can't, I can't relate to my sergeant as a brother. And, and just, okay, like, he, he's like, hey, go take the, yeah. the hill. And I'm like, hey, I'm just going to hang out and eat fig cakes with you. Like, <laughs> like I can't, I can't do that. I, I, yeah, yeah. Weird food choice, I know. But, <laughs> but, like, I can't, I can't sit here and, and relate to authority in terms of family. Yeah. And I think that's where we struggle because we're like, no, 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 everyone's equal. And we love our equality and everyone interacts with the Lord on, on the same level. And I get everything that Heather has, even though I haven't done any of the work for it. I haven't spent any of the time for it. And it's like, it's not how the army works. It's not how the army of God works. No. And so I can't sit here and expect those things and then resent you when you have them. Be <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally. I think... Um, the whole concept of army is not one that people want to necessarily embrace or they see it as something that the world is doing like you know the the freedom convoy or i'm taking a stand on this which is totally appropriate <clears throat> but you know i had a conversation with somebody the other day about this whole new okay i'm a baby boomer you talk about AI and this something chat thing. Um, that basically, I say, write me something on this topic, and it's like, it spews it back, and I go, apparently, it could sound like something I would say, or blah, blah, blah. And so I said to this person, how do I know in five years that you sitting there is the real you and not a hologram spewing some AI produce stuff I said how will I know hmm. I don't know that I'll know unless my focus is totally on Jesus yeah. I, I am so convinced that we are moving quickly into a time where each one of us has to be so focused on him hmm. and when you're focused on him I and what he says and what he's saying to us and what he's showing us um that if we're not, woe to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's the time f to be in the military. Yeah, um, it's shifting from knowing Jesus as the Lamb to Jesus as the Lion. Yeah, and I think for most of us, lions scare us. <laughs> yep, <clears throat> I was in a room with a lion for sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. In the zoo, they can look pretty sleepy, you know, and right. blah, 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 right? Yeah. And, it, and you kind of, yeah. I remember a story on Mahashevda told about, he, I believe he was, anyway, he was on a safari in, in Africa. And um, the guide had fallen asleep and, uh, so the fire had gone out, and the fires are to keep the lions away. 
And this lion walked by the tent that Mahesh was sleeping in. And his tail, he was flicking his tail, it flicked the side of the tent and it hit Mahesh in the face and broke, broke his cheekbone and jaw. Wow. The swinging of his tail. Mm. A lion will roar into the ground and it, you hear it five miles away. Mm. The ground vibrates five miles away and I go like, we have no idea. No. We have no idea. No. And that's who we serve. Not only is that who we serve, if we were really focused on Jesus, that is who we release when we release kingdom. Yeah. We release that roar yeah. because the lion is in us. So what in us is so uncomfortable with the lion? There's probably many answers. My first is because we haven't died. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Um, because I like to be comfortable. Because I like to feel I'm in control. Like, I like to think that my opinion is important. I like to think I... Um, I was reading Graham Cook and he said, we all have a room, we all may have remotes, but you don't have control. Mm. And we don't like not being in control. And I think that was part of the fear mongering in this past season is that um, with all the lockdown things, we didn't have control. Right. Right. And so that got brought up. But if you hadn't died, mm. you know, we, we went, I feel like I sailed, I mean, I nearly died, but <laughs> in terms of, of what was going on in the world, I feel like I sailed through the mm. lockdowns and all that stuff. Right. And, and it isn't just because of where we live and work. Right. Um, you know, kudos to the church for taking the stand. Um, but I think I can I can identify areas in my life that I know I that I've died, hmm. or that at least are uh, at this point are dying. Right. Right. Um, and I think that's the big thing because what I I don't fear death or think about death anymore since that experience. So it's like, what hmm. are you gonna do? Kill me? Okay, go for <laughs> it. Like you can't threaten me with death. No, and I. I'm digressing a little, but in that experience of nearly dying with COVID, I had this entity, I'll call him, come into my room and it was like threatening me with, I'm, your time's up. Hmm. And I remember saying to this thing, there's only one who gives me life and only one who can take my life. And it is not you. <laughs> and... I put my head back on my pillow. The thing went away, and then I went in my heart. I said, Jesus, I am ready to go home. Mm -hmm. But please don't let me come home and have to stand before you and to hear you tell me that I didn't complete my assignment. Mm -hmm. And truly, for the last couple of years, 
every morning I wake up, I go, I'm awake. My assignment isn't finished. Mm -hmm. I may not have a clue in the world with clarity of what I think that assignment may be, but if I'm awake and alive, yeah. I'm still on duty. Mm. Yeah. And so it just changes. So I think for me, that has made me more comfortable with the lion. Right. Yeah. Well, because seemingly you've given back that control. Well, I have no control. Yeah. Right? It's like, how can you fear anything if you're dead? <laughs> It's very hard. <laughs> very difficult. Yeah, it is. But it's a place of such freedom mm. when you think about it. Right. It's the death. We think of death as the end of something right. when really it's just the door to a new beginning. Mm. Um, I wanted to jump back to something uh, you said early on in our conversation that... I forgot how you framed it, but we need to we need to take the internal ground. Ah, yes. in our in internal our territory. Internal thank you. Thank you. So we, we need to take the internal territory in order to um advance in the kingdom. Um even interact with the the lion. So what does that look like? It's having the courage to look at your heart and be truthfully, give a truthful assessment of mm. the state of your heart. There were things in my heart, well, years ago, and God still is, dealt with idols in my life. And it was a really bit of a rough go, but oh, I'd so go through it again. Mm. Um, but not everybody wants to go into the refiner's fire. Some of us get thrown in head first that first time, <laughs> which is how I felt. Um, because it bring it, it brings you to a place of, of transparency and vulnerability mm. with God. You know, we know intellectually that God sees all and knows all about us. Yeah. But we still come to him behind our facade. Mm. You know, um, we come in knowing that as a kid we've done something that we shouldn't, but I know Dad will forgive me, and I can just right. pretend that it never really happened. Yeah. Until he says, did you do this? And I can go, well, yeah, but, and give my excuses, and, and everything's kind of fine. But at some point, Holy Spirit, I think, always brings us to a place that says you need to look at the root. Mm. You need to look not at what you did, but the why you did. Right. And that's the place of courage and bravery. Mm. And if you can deal with that, then you, I, I feel you have the courage and the bravery to deal with the external. Right. Is that bravery built Well, or is it received? I think I would have used the word bravery grows. Mm. The courage grows. Um, because in that, it, it, 
because he's already paid the price, right? Um, the battle, you're, the internal and also the external, but we need to learn the internal first. The internal victory is already won. Mm. So you're, you're battling something or dealing with something that from a place of victory, not receiving victory. Mm. Um, but we, the enemy wants that always twisted. He always wants us fighting for a place um, where we feel in a deficit. You know, a person without an inheritance is a person without substance. And we have inheritance. Therefore, we have substance. And so it, when you realize that you are fighting from that place of victory and not trying to receive victory, right. you know, it's a totally different, a totally different game. Hmm. But that's a real, um, that's that for me anyway, was a place of, real engagement with Holy Spirit to learn that. Right. You know, because it's not a natural thinking. No, it's a paradigm shift that totally. requires something different from me. Exactly. But it's kingdom thinking. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, going back full circle. So it's like, <laughs> we tend yes, to do that. We did. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Jesus, thank you for circles. Right. But, and I guess that for me is part of the kingdom, I guess, heart message and life I want to empower and give to people. Right. Is that kingdom, I, I think I've said this too before, I don't know that I necessarily define myself first as a Canadian, mm. but I do define myself first as a kingdom right. person. Yeah. And there isn't... In my in that realm, there really isn't all these nations. There's mm. the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God, right? And you're in one or the other. Yeah. And the kingdom of God has a culture, and the kingdom of God has a constitution, and the kingdom of God has, you know, all of the things that we would define as oh, this makes me Canadian. You can translate that into well, kingdom has the same thing. I think sometimes we use stuff like our nationality as covers. Oh, sure. You know, like it's easier to engage with the Canadian Constitution than it is the Kingdom Constitution. Oh, yeah. How many have actually read the Kingdom Constitution from cover to cover? Not very often. Right. I still get bogged down in Leviticus. Sorry. <laughs> I love it when, as a kid, I used to complain t terribly to my dad about reading the book of Leviticus. And he said, just think of it as um, the layman's guide to surviving 40 years in the wilderness. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that it's frees like, up a lot of us. <laughs> it does. It's sort of like, okay, so this is what I should eat because. Mm. And we're discovering the because is now that's a great word um but yeah anyway that's our constitution yeah and it's like we don't really know who we are mm -hmm. and well this may be a sacred cow we <laughs> kill it <laughs> we gladly accept and attempt to live the teaching which is true 
but there's always this another side that I am the righteousness of God in Christ, mm. right? And it, so I receive this, and everything else is negated because this is who I am, right? Um, and so who you are and who I am therefore becomes sort of this cloning, mm. right? Yeah, um, it's conformity. Conformity. But the body of Christ isn't about conformity, it's about unity. Mm. And so, yeah, it's like knowing who you are. Right. Um, and who he is in you. Right. He, we are in him, but he's also in us, right? So there's this, there's this should be, I think, a energy kind of thing that happens, synergy that goes on. Mm. So that I, when I'm in him, and he is in me. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I think that requires spending enough time to get to know that. Which is like, that that doesn't happen when you read your chapter for the day and your psalm and your proverb and, and move on. I think it's about focus and heart motive. Because it can. Mm. That's it good. It can. Yeah. You know, if you're doing it out of rote... Or doing because you have to. Um, There are times, I mean, sure, I have my little daily plan thing. There's lots of times, I will confess, I don't get through it because I get stuck on one word or one phrase. And then you chew on it. Mm. And I chew on it. And I chew on it. Yeah. And my brain would say, well, that's not very productive. Mm. Or you're not getting through your plan. Or... You, you've got the phrase, but you can't exactly quote it where it is. Right. Right? Yeah. And so, but I go, no, I've gotten more out of those moments than, yeah. Than when I've gotten yeah. through my time. Yeah. 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 And that, I think, is, is the heart of it. When you're, when you're able to pull that, like, because it's like, okay, like, if it's, if it's one verse that you're on for a year, like... Um, there was a year of my life that I wasn't able to leave the Psalms. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I could, I could read other parts in the Bible, but I'm like, I cannot get off the Psalms and I don't know why. And like, I want to, and, but it, it wasn't until I committed it, submitting to that place that the, that yeah, there was grace on it, but it's, it was in like, Oh, I want to get yeah. out of it. That's where there was resistance. And, yeah. And it's always easier to get into the flow and into the river than it is to get out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Once you're in, who wants to get out? And not me. <laughs> <laughs> I just had this memory drop in as you were talking about that. Um, years ago at our church, um, we had a pastor and his wife from the underground church in China come. Hmm. And he talked about what it was like. And I was like blown away, you know, like. In comparison, mm-hmm. I almost was embarrassed mm-hmm. because it felt like their faith was so much more courageous. Mm-hmm. And anyway, he was sharing this one time. It was like one Bible. They had an underground, like a cell group. It was they were the underground church in the area had like hundreds of thousands of people, and then they were all in sort of like cell group unit things and there was a hundred of them I think there was a hundred of them so the two groups got together because one bible had gotten smuggled in 
Wow. And they decided and they divvied up and they gave one page to each person. Hmm. And in my heart, I went, oh, God, if that was mean, please don't let it be Leviticus. <laughs> <laughs> Honest to goodness, that was my thought. <laughs> but a bunch of people got Leviticus. Yeah. But that fed them. Right. That fed them. Mm. And it, it brought them into a deep place of intimacy. Mm. And I realized then that I had so not had a deep revelation of the word being living. Mm. Or the word being bread. Right. Yeah, didn't did not grasp that at all. Yeah. So if that isn't the reality and Jesus isn't the focus, mm. then yeah, let it sit on your living room table and collect dust and <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, we read it as if it's a book mm. as opposed to experiencing it as a conversation with a person. Right. Hmm. Yeah. That's a really good thought. Um, so we're getting to the end of our time here and uh, it goes by quick. <laughs> but, it does. <laughs> Did we say anything of importance? Well, what we just was started the topic the, for we today. Just, <laughs> we just started our conversation. Why are we ending? <laughs> Mostly because people don't have four-hour commutes. <laughs> but uh, if you had any uh, closing thoughts for, for people as, as they oh leave our conversation today, uh, what, what would you want to leave them with? The time is short. Hmm. Pursue him. Just pursue him. Find him. He is easy to be found today. Mm. I don't know about what we will be facing ahead. Pursue him just with all your heart. Yeah. Just go hard after him. Mm. Go hard. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, well... Thank you. Thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> fun. <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you guys for joining us. And um, yeah, if uh, yeah, if this if, if this impacted you, I, I, I know I normally offer points of connection for people, but um, if, if you reach out to me or uh, that kind of thing, I can connect connect you with Heather somehow. She's, she's, <laughs> she's a sign and wonder and, uh, I dearly mm -hmm. love her and I love, um, love her life. And so I, I hope this guy's that I hope this guy's, I hope this blessed you guys. And, uh, yeah, too. we'll see you in the next one.